90% of my revenues in the last three years is all because of my content creation. Not necessarily, and I wanna make sure I get this out because I think it's valuable, is it doesn't happen because I shoot a video and then somebody DMs me. That's not, that's not how that works or how this works. And some people, maybe they get that. I don't get that. The way that this works is that it, it, it solidifies relationships. You're listening to The Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Welcome, great state of Arizona and the Western Seaboard. I am your host, Marcus Maloney of This is the Asriel Show. And then we have our very, very, very special executive director, Mike Delpreet, with us all today. Thank you. I like that extra very appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. We always we always want to show love and give love where love is due, right? So <laughs> So on today, you know, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to talk global, right? We're always talking national or super hyper local, but we want to talk with a very astute entrepreneur who hails from Toronto, Canada. His name is Jazz Tankar, and Jazz is a brokerage owner. He's a real estate professional. He does quite a bit with sales, and then also he holds groups similar to Asria. So we want to talk to him a little bit today and talk to him about sales and talk about his entrepreneurial drive and spirit, because everybody needs that in order to be successful when you're being an entrepreneur. So Jazz, man, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm amazing, Marcus. Thank you, man. You're, you're probably one of the first people after doing in the last 12 months alone, I'm probably coming up to like 200 episodes that I've been on other people's podcasts that pronounce my last name, like as good as my father or mother would say it. So congratulations. Okay. Thank you for that. Cause usually <laughs> I get a Takar, which I'm like, I don't really care what you call me as long as you call <laughs> right. But uh, you said it Takar. So uh, big, big shout out to you. Um, and I'm very, 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 I'll add an extra very as well. Excited to bring a lot of value to your, to your viewers and listeners and hopefully you know, out of the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that are going to be watching and listening to this at some point, we inspire one person. That's all I'm out to really do, because I know if we help someone take action, maybe in the future, they'll pay it forward and help someone else. Love there it, you man. Go. There you go. There you go. So, man, kind of give us your backstory, because again, as real estate professionals, we all have to start somewhere and everybody have that backstory. So what's your backstory? Share your backstory with us. Yeah, look, man, not to bore your guys going all the way because I'm 41 years old right now, coming up to 42. So I don't want to bore your guys with like every single year on the year kind of thing. But I'm, I'm born in Toronto, really the north part of Toronto. It's an area called Rexdale. It's one of those areas that you're always taught to put up your windows and lock your doors. There's not really a lot of good stuff going around, right? But I was uber blessed because of my father, mother, and my two older brothers, they kind of protected me from, like physically protected me at times. If you ask my two older brothers, that's for sure. And having, <laughs> and having two older siblings is always a healthy reminder that you're closer to the bottom than you are to the top. And I'm sure anybody who has yep. older siblings can attest to that, right? But they, 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 my parents definitely kept me sheltered from that. And so 
even though I had a very tough time in the formal setting of, of school, I, I barely passed high school, but I always knew, and again, because of my parents, even though they only had a grade four and grade eight education from India, taxi driver, my father, his whole life, mother being a factory worker, her whole life. They always told me like, don't worry. Like we know we're getting the calls from the, from the principals and the teachers, but you're not really doing anything. And you also look, you're going to get punished for it. So they held me accountable as much as they could, but they always let me know that, Hey, like you're enough, man. Like, you know, I went like your viewers can't see it, but I wear a shirt every single day that says you are enough because I want to put that messaging out to people that look, even though it might feel like other people have a lot more than you, you also have all these resources as well. You are good enough. You are, you are pretty enough. You're handsome or whatever it may be. You just got to find all those, all those clues that other successful people left for you and pick those up. And so the one thing that I was really good at though, and, and I actually, like I enjoyed it was meeting people, speaking with people. Your listeners are getting a test, a taste of it now. Like sometimes I like the sound of my own voice. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, it's not going to be hard to wind me up and do a podcast episode. I had this since I was a kid, though. Like at six years old, I was the kid putting up his hand, helping with the book sale and, and selling Christmas ornaments door to door. Not that we didn't even really celebrate Christmas. But for me, it was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I get to go out and we have to meet people. At 12, game changed for me. I got a newspaper route and then I got paid for it. And I, my mind was blown. Like I was like, whoa, like I was doing this since I was six, seven years old. Now I get to get paid for that. Well, when you get, you know, 50 bucks at the end of the week, like you're rich. You know what I mean? Yep. I a lot of stuff with at, at the age of 12. And so I kind of just got hooked on that, on that, like getting someone to say yes. And I'm very, very happy and blessed again that at the fact that I became numb to the nose. And so then I went on to sell shoes for like three years at a very high level and not the, not the Al Bundy type. So some of your older listeners, I get that. I was actually helping marathon runners and sprinters. And so you, I got a, at the age of 16, I understood the importance of really knowing your product. Like I tell this day, I still need, I still know, like depending on how you walk and the way that your arch comes in or goes up, what type of shoes you should be wearing. Got into the banking industry, learned like telephone skills, like just before online banking, it was telephone banking, calling people like, you know, when people call in and want to transfer money, I had to also mm -hmm. try to upsell people into getting a line of credit, showing them the benefits of that, uh, a mortgage. But that's where I really honed in on telephone skills and and, and, and then I went into car sales for three years, again, at a very high level selling extras. And then for the last 19 years, there was, there was one industry that I felt like, oh, that's kind of at the top of the rung in the sales industry, meaning real estate, because it's, it's, it, it probably is like the biggest purchase that the average person's going to make and the commission's the highest. So I was like, I got to test Absolutely. this. Let's see if I can do this. That was at the age of 23. In that time period, I've been able to, uh, not to impress your viewers or listeners, I, it's more to impress upon them where the data is coming from. So they're like, who the heck is this good looking Indian guy? And like, why is he saying all these things? I want to put to them on where this is coming from. I've been able to propel my team of 64 real estate agents, 13 support staff to the top, you know, three in all of Canada in, in real estate teams for the last decade. And so we figured out a way to to uh, bring value to people, educate them, 
and get enough awareness in person through events and stuff that we do, but also online, obviously, in the last five to seven years. I have my own podcast, which brings me a lot of awareness. But again, man, like for me, it was always sales. It was really in my DNA, but the work ethic came from watching my father and mother grind, pinch pennies. That's kind of that work ethic came from. Perfect, perfect. I, I, you know, going through your story, I grabbed a couple of things. So, so you love sales, right? And you, and you got at an early age. So from the newspaper, you got door to door, face to face. You went to a shoe store. So you went retail, right? So that's a different, you know, you're still face to face, but it's a different environment. It's not, re- you know, retail shoes. And then you went to the bank. So you had, you had uh, phone skills and then you went to cars. So it's the, I can see how like all these different layers of skill set mm-hmm. has, do you think that was like, because sometimes I always say I pinch myself for just the way life works out. Like, how did all these things add up to be here so perfectly? Like, yeah. do you feel way like how did all that work? Was there a decision there or just kind of roll with the punches? You know, it's a great question, man, because I don't know if like I've even really even thought about it consciously, but I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that I always went with my gut. Like I just, you know, in each of those stints that I spoke to you about, they weren't like three to nine, 10 months stints. They were like all minimum two and a half years to three years. And it's funny because literally speaking, it was either two and a half years or like right in that three year mark. And then I always got this like feeling in my stomach that was like, man, like I'm not challenged at as much. Like it's not like, you know, I'm not springing out of bed as as positive as positively as I was when I got started and I was doing it for a couple of years. And and so then every single time I felt that I didn't I didn't let that settle. Like I just I made a decision and not knowing if it was the right one or not. The biggest one really to me came from the banking industry to car sales, because from shoe sales to the banking industry, I'll getting paid like you get your check every two weeks from car sales to real estate, I was already, I got the muscle. I already mm. put reps of being paid on commission. It was from the banking industry. And I left that at like 18, I believe. Yeah, like late 18s. And, and when I made that jump into car sales, because car sales is all commission, right? And so that was by far the toughest one. But I, I, I actually, like, when I think about the fact of what you just went over, which is like, look, I did, you know, door to door and then phone scale. Mm-hmm. I always tell people that I, you know, I train real estate agents now. And I talk about the fact like, this is not something that I, you know, read in a book. Not that there's anything wow. I'm a big wow. believer reading books, listening to podcasts like this, watching video, like a huge, like surround yourself around people that are doing what you want to do at a high level. You, through osmosis, you're going to get better. You might not become top 1% of the 1%, but definitely you're going to get better. But like, I've had no other job, man. Like I literally worked in the summer as a bus boy. And even that was meant to be because my, my, my eldest child, his name is Millen. And the, the name of the banquet hall is, it was Millen because that's where my wife and I met. So to your point, like there's always okay. things happen yeah, yeah. for a reason. Right. But like sales is all I know. Like I, I love this industry. I owe everything to this industry way more than just the real estate industry, which has given me a lot through investing into real estate, the amount of people that I've helped create wealth in real estate here in, 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 in Toronto and in Canada. But the sales industry, 
I think it is by far the best. Like if, if, if someone's listening right now that has a 14, 15 year old, I highly recommend you make them work in retail, not car sales right away or anything. Get them into a mall and working in a mall as quickly as possible, especially in today's day and age, because a lot of kids, not all, but a lot of kids spend time behind the screens, right? And sure, there's time, but man, when you work in retail and somebody comes to your store and they say hi or they don't, you got to figure out a way to get them to say hi. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so you can you can work those reps of feeling comfortable meeting with people and then the people that you just work with like you go you 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 build such a cool relationship selling shoes at 16 i got guys and gals that still buy real estate from me like whatever that is 30 years later Mm -hmm. 20 years later right so you build some really cool relationships but definitely i believe that there's a reason things happen i also believe that there's reasons that things don't happen right like Mm -hmm. law if you if you have faith and you believe in God or universe, you know the universe. It the God God's denials, God's delays are not God's denials, right? And sometimes you just gotta wait it out. And I yep. think people just yep. not patient patient enough. That's true, man. You you said something that really drove a point home, Jazz. And this was early. Marcus, you know, I just said, Marcus, Marcus, sorry to cut you up, but I only said one thing there. Now I'm playing, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> So a couple of things, and this was early on, right? And and I'm gonna start with the first thing you said. You gotta be numb to the no, to the no, right? And in sales, so you that that may have went over the head of some people, but being numb to those no's is really, really important. So can you just kind of expound on that, what you meant by that, so the listeners can understand? Yeah, look, if you're if you're an entrepreneur, you're a, a salesperson, you're a real estate investor. If you're going to do any one of those things, you're going to go into podcasting and become a content creator. You are going to hear some form of no's. And those come from different people and in different ways. And sometimes the no's are like, literally, just no, I don't want to work with you. No, you cannot get the mortgage. No, you know, another way of hearing a no is like, well, you suck at this. Or why are you doing this? Why are you two doing a podcast? It's such a waste of time. You know, you, you hear all these things, right? And so if you can't have the ability to shut that out, the, and that's the external ones. I haven't mm-hmm. even got to the real deadly right. negativity of the six inches between the ears, right? Like you yourself talk, right? And you got to be very careful about about that self-talk because the words you say to yourself will cast a spell like they're it's bad. There's a reason it's called spelling. It's called spelling for a reason. You know what I mean? So you got to be very careful with what you're telling yourself and what you're allowing other people to say to you. And so over time, the more no's you hear, you you hopefully and where I think I'm at, I come to a place where it's just, oh, that means not yet. Like just probably haven't given this person enough value. And in fact, maybe I didn't even ask what would be valuable to them because what's valuable to Mike is not valuable to Marcus and vice versa. Right. And so one of the best ways to find out is just to ask, I just want to get a better idea of what you're trying to accomplish long term. I'll show you how we might be able to help. And I emphasize the word might Marcus, my prospect, because I can't help everyone. But if it's a match, we'll move to the next step. But before all that, talk to me. What are you looking into accomplishing? That's just another way of saying, hey, like, how can I kind of bring you value, right? Mm -hmm. And then our job as entrepreneurs, 
as investors as well. Like you got to find out how to bring value to a lender or a JV partner or, 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 you know, how to bring value to a property. And the best way to do that is just to ask up front. But once you can get to a place where you realize that the no's actually pay you, you know, like, so when I make calls to clients and, and, or like now I'm, I'm on kind of a blitz on doing in-person speaking events to entrepreneurs and real estate agents specifically and mortgage and loan officers where, man, I get, I'm hearing those all the time that people don't want to hear me speak, you know, like for whatever reason. And I just have come to realize, oh, it's not yet. Like they haven't seen something that has, has, has resonated with them, A, or B, maybe there's something that I got to go back to and change up, right? And so sometimes even reaching out to the people that said no is, is, is a very effective strategy. Hey man, like I know you said no to that event. You said no to that, you know, product or service. I'm just curious, just so I can get better. And you'll be surprised. A lot of people yeah. want to help other people. Not everybody does, but majority of people mm -hmm. want to help people because it's selfish. And I don't mean that with the negative connotation that it comes with, because to, 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 to help other people, you have to almost be, it's a selfish act because it makes you feel good. So when you ask somebody for help, they will actually tend to give you uh, uh, their opinion on that. Yep. A lot. A lot there. Not one thing, a lot there. <laughs> but so what, my next thought is, so we're talking about sales, a couple things here as well, and all the different level types of sales you've, you've done. Where does like product knowledge come into all this? How did how'd that play a role? Yeah, like, so for me, for me, the first time that I caught on to it was shoe sales. And I'm just lucky that the store that I work, worked in, it's not like an international brand, like the Foot Lockers are the champs of the world. It's kind of known really in the, in the Toronto area, but it's very, it, it prides itself as a lifestyle store. So one of those things being like for marathon runners and sprinters, like it's a ski store and a skate, skates and all that kind of stuff. But every department they bring in. So we used to have representatives from like every shift that you had, every single shift that you had, sorry, like two days a week, I apologize, of the week that you were working, they always brought in a representative from Nike, from Fix, from Adidas, whatever. To not only like just bring you the shoe, it was like the shoe was made like this for these type of runners. And I just came to realize like, holy crap, like not only me, forget just me, but like our department in footwear compared to those other stores that I mentioned, we just knew way more than we probably needed to know as a 16 year old about shoes and people's feet. But like the competition wouldn't be able to stay up with us. It was just almost impossible because we knew so much. And then when I went into car sales, like, look, that's a bigger purchase price now, right? It's a bigger, it's a bigger ticket where People are not coming in necessarily that day. Like they do buy on the same day, but that's because they've also done their research. They're looking at the Acura. They're looking at the Lexus and the Beamer and the Mercedes. They're comparing them all. So you better know what you're talking about. And that one's interesting because I also was not the kid that grew up with like Lamborghini Countach posters in the back, like on my wall or Ferrari stuff. Like I was like, I was more into sports and so I would see cool cars and they'd be neat, but I knew nothing about cars when I got into car sales. Like I barely knew the difference between a four cylinder and a six cylinder. But what I did is I went back to the mechanic. So while I was working, people with customers were coming in and asking me questions and I would say, 
Marcus, that's a great question, man. Like, I don't want to misinform you because I'm still learning. Like I used to be upfront with people. Yeah. I don't have that answer for you, but I do know who does come with me. I used to take them back to the mechanic and say, mechanic, dude, this word, Marcus has a question about how the pistons work and all these kind of things. Can you go over that? That made the client feel a little bit more comfortable. Didn't close everybody I met. That would be naive to think that you will anyways in sales. But mm -hmm. I, I, I built up more of a rapport. But while that was happening, I researched like crazy. I became a subscriber to Car and Driver, Mortar, uh, Mortar Trend. I don't know if these are Canadian references, but I know Car and Driver is an American one. Yeah. And, and, and like every show that was on, on, on TV about cars, I went to other showrooms, like up my competitors on my day off and, and wanted to learn how they spoke about the car, what they talked about. And so when you get into sales, the product or service you have, you better like that product or service better than anyone else because you're enthusiastic. Here's what I've come to learn in the 29 years that I've been in the sales industry, that you actually don't even need to know the product better than anybody and everybody. You just better be enthusiastic about it more than everybody and anybody. Because real selling, real selling is really just the transfer of emotion. There's yes. always been an, an, an influencer and an, and an influencee in a conversation. And when I say influencer, I'm not talking about the social media type. Like I'm talking about in a conversation. Someone's kind right. of holding the conversation. Someone's taking in the conversation. And if you're the one who's transferring a lot of the emotion, you could do that with your voice. You could do that with body language. You could do it with your hands. You could also do it with the, the amount of knowledge you have on your product or the service. You have a much higher probability of that person doing business with you. On the flip side, people ask like, oh, you're, how did you get so good in sales? Like, what is the secret? I'm like, you know, the truth is, man, other than like transferring of the emotion and being enthusiastic about it, I've never really sold anything I've never believed in, right? So like, I told this day, I think Acura is one of the best cars. Now that might be a naive thought. I believe okay. it. I believe yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like you're going to name a car and I'm going to believe it. Like I said, it could be completely naive. In my soul, I believe that. I believe, they, I believe if they bring back the legend. Behold. <laughs> you know, or, or bring back the Integra as well. Like maybe that's yeah, not this one. But the, the legend was the car. I get it. So, flagship. I forget who had it in there. I think it was Jay Z who first put it in like a music video or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And 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 so like even the shoe store that I mentioned, that lifestyle store. Sorry, it was called Sporting Life. I thought it was the best store in the world, man, because I just believed in the service. I believed in the people, and so. I think you really need to really need to sell if you want to get into this industry something that you actually like. Because other than that, then you're just going to start manipulating people. And look, I think, you know, I think I can at times if I wanted to manipulate people, but I'm now smart enough. And I did that in my younger age, you know, that 14, 13 kind mm -hmm. of. But I'm lucky because I, I learned pretty quickly that you don't you won't have longevity, right? And if you want the 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 business to start coming to you, one of the ways is just take care of the customers that you already have, because on average they know about 200 people. So even if you only know 200 people, which I know 200 people, you're just not thinking about it. If you, I open up people's phone book, they got an average of 200 names in there. So if 200 people that know 200 people that know 200 people, your network's like. 40,000 people. 
right? And so, and so if you just take care of the ones, you get a, a much higher probability of them introducing you to their friends, family, and colleagues. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. the first thing. Like when we get new investors in town or whatever, people can raise money or just buy a house, an unwanted house. I'm just like, yo, yeah, yeah, 200, probably more than 200, man. Or just sit in your phone, you know, out of sight, out of mind, man. Just pick up and say hi. Let them know what you're doing, man. Like, it's right there. Yeah, and 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 you know, you put up the device, you, you you put up the phone into the screen, and I I think we're we're also very lucky that we can do so much with that device, right? Like I do everything on my phone. Like right now, I shoot all my content. I don't even have a laptop. You know, I do everything from my phone, and I tell that to everyone, um, especially the investors in the world, because they're like, sometimes they'll be like, well, why do I need social media? Look, if you're gonna start thinking about raising capital or even doing joint ventures. But if somebody can't find you in the online world, they're, 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 you're not going to think you're a scam artist or anything of that sort. Like, it's just, you're, you're out of sight. You're out of mind. Like, you, you have no, nobody's awareness. And so that device that you put up, brother, is the one that can help so many people get content out there. And that's why investors, they need to, like, other real estate investors should be doing what's happening right now with us three. Because mm -hmm. you're gonna get the awareness. You're gonna send me this recording if you if you don't mind it, and I'm gonna put this out. Now my guys are gonna get awareness of you. You know what I mean? And and who knows? Maybe in the next six months, somebody's gonna reach out and say, "Man, I'm looking into um, investing in the Arizona." And Jazz, mm -hmm. who are those two good-looking guys that you had on that day? Uh, put me in touch. I send the email. Boom. That actually really happens. That's not a. Yeah. That's not like a shot in the dark. That happens more than people think. It does. It does. I mean, one of the main things that you're talking about, Jared, is just sales with a service perspective, right? Not really focusing on the sale, but how can I provide service to this individual that's on the other end of this conversation? And I'll provide that service by being astute about the product that I'm selling, you know, knowing how it can solve their problem. And just by doing that, you know, it, it brings forth awareness to the product. I mean, they congratulate you by purchasing the item and you gaining a commission. So it all works in a cycle, right? Where your awareness of the product that you're selling will then in turn award you a commission because you're providing the service to the buyer. So people need to understand that and need to really focus on that. So how do you, let me ask you this, how do you train newer Real estate investors, agents on having that service perspective when they're looking at doing deals. Very, like for me, it's actually comes boiled down to one thing, which is lead with education. See, when you're working with a cons like a client or a prospect, a possible JV partner, a private lender, even even like your traditional lenders as well, like the, the banks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. If you can, if you put out content, either through video, audio, written word, and it's from an educational perspective, it's a lot easier to work with somebody that's educated already. It just makes the process easy. If they also happen to see that you're the one who's doing the education, you automatically start to become the authority. I didn't say that you are the authority or you become the authority necessarily. You start to become the authority. And a lot of people who are watching this or listening to this right now are thinking, well, but Jazz, I'm not the authority. Like, I'm not the, 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 the expert. I have news for you. You're actually in a better spot than maybe these two gentlemen because 
these two guys here, including myself, we kind of been in the world for a while of investing into real estate. So we are not as curious, I believe, just by nature. Mm -hmm. Here to somebody who's new, somebody who's new in this world of investing, in new in the world of sales, you, 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 by nature, because it's something new, you're curious. You have a bunch of questions and you're not sure how this works. I understand that you might think it might look make you look dumb, but at the end of the day, it's the truth. You just yeah. are not as experienced as, as my two boys here. And so because of that, you're in a much better situation. And, and let me explain, because if you just record conversations with the experts, you become the authority by association. Well, right? And so, and so for me, it's always been about leading with education. Now, the truth of the matter is I either don't care about some of the things, even in real estate, like I've been a real estate broker for 19 years. My clients know this, so it's not like I'm saying something new. I could care less about the countertops. I could care less about the curb appeal. Like I don't have that passion for real estate. Mm -hmm. Like My passion for real estate comes with, like comes from creating wealth, like buying property, holding it, some boring stuff, obviously. Right financing the property, building out a portfolio. That's, that's my world. And I like helping people do that. But I, I still can have a conversation with a home inspector and talk about the three things that are the most, you know, the three biggest mistakes home buyers make when, when, when putting in an offer and, or not like, you know, when looking for a, a multiplex in terms of the termite inspection or so on and so forth. There's so many right. types topics. And so I think it's a lot easier to lead with education. So then the person that you're hopefully trying to do business with can make a quality informed decision themselves. And chances are, they're always going to come back to the source that gave them the education, not all the time, but chances are they'll come back to the source. In fact, here in the, in the greater Toronto area, about 10, 12 years ago, I wrote a book, like it's a very basic book. It's like grade eight reading, really. But it talks about how to buy your own home, how to sell your own home, and how to invest on your own. I know in my country of Canada, only 2% of people do. The, the, the statistics in the States, like 10% of people buy on their own. That leaves me 90% of people as a real estate broker that actually always, when they transact, they use a real estate agent. But I came out free, but I give the book out for free. It's like my business card. I don't even have a business card. I don't sell the book. I give it out for free. I've handed out 10,000 copies. Guys, I think maybe 50 people have read the book. Nobody reads a book from front to, front to back wow. anyway, right? But when they touch the book, they're like, oh, like it, you wrote this? I'm like, yeah, like my team and I put mm -hmm. this together. And automatically they're like, okay, this has differentiated me now. Doesn't make me like the best real estate agent in the world. Doesn't get me 100% closing, but it at least differentiates me from the 1.2 million real estate agents in the States and in Canada. I think it's like 1.2, 1.3 million real estate agents. I have a question. Like, oh, what, what is it like about the book still, right? Because with such, with such transformation in our world from going from physical to digital, that writing a book and even though it's getting even easier to write a book right like these days GPT. yeah like what is it about that physical book today that still just makes you the you know, tangible it's it's still tangible, tangible. No. it's tangible like 
they can touch it, see it, smell it. You know what I mean? That's not the book. But they can actually hold it in their hands. They actually see like, oh, wow, on the back of the book, it says Jazz Tacor on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then when they open it, there's actually words and not that many pictures, even though I like a lot of books with pictures in them. Yeah, um, but but yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, like I, I, I think it comes down to the fact that they, like, they can actually hold it in their hands. So, so going into the social media world, you said a couple of things. I, I, and, you know, obviously I follow you, so I know some stuff. Um, you, like in the beginning, you said, hey, I'm on a blitz to do 200 podcasts. And then you said, um, I think in one of your social media uh, posts, you said something about 15 or 20 posts per day, um, if I heard that right. So can, can you elaborate? Like some people are probably like, they're even scared to put the video in front of their face. The camera. Yeah. For- so was so, I. Talk yeah. about that. You, you well, yeah. So so at the start, when I when I started putting out content, first and foremost, the the person that you're watching or listening to right now, like you might be like, this guy's on some type of crack or some drug or something. Like, where does all the energy come from? Or it might just be like, I hate this guy. Whatever it is, I was always worried about that at the start. When I got started with like consistent content creation about four years ago, three and a half to four years ago, I had so many insecurities that held me back. I still have insecurities. And I'm here to say that anybody who tells you that they don't, I would probably just run away from that person because you know they're full of shit. Everybody has insecurities. Some are just better at hiding them. But at that, those insecurities for me held me back. Like I was so concerned, especially from a video perspective, because like I sometimes as a kid, I've had like a little bit of a lazy eye. I I do. I have a stutter sometimes because my brain, I feel, is moving faster than my lips are. But I'm, 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 I do. I'm passionate about what I'm speaking about. Like if you told me to come here and speak about religion or science or how to spell stuff, we wouldn't be doing this podcast because that's not my expertise. I wouldn't have any passion behind it. Right. But I, I was very concerned about. But the, the, where I'm born, like where I'm raised in that north part of Toronto, we kind of have our own like language or slang to it, you know? And I was like, shit, like I got 52 year old, like, you know, people in downtown Toronto who are working the Ivy Towers. They invest a couple hundred grand with me in a year, like buying properties. They're going to start to hear that stuff because the more that I talk, they're going to hear, right. I'm going to do this. What happened is, is I had a partner of mine who was a mentor and an older brother to me. He tragically passed away and he was kind of the face of our company. And so it left a massive gaping hole. And so I got like pushed into it. So I really didn't have a choice or the business was going to fail. Like if nobody was going to speak to our clients in in terms of on stages and and at events or online, we were going to like just be out of business. It wasn't because they were right. With us, period. There, there's going to be no awareness. So I got pushed into it. And and once I started doing it, to bring this kind of answer to full circle, work. I was like, wow, I would call people and they're like, dude, we saw that video. We saw that pod. We heard that podcast. Like, wow, that guest that you brought on, it was so educational. Like, wow, jazz this and jazz that. And I was like, holy shit, this stuff works. And I was like, hey, what time did you watch that video? Like, I... I I only see 14 views on the video. Obviously one of them. And they're like, oh no, I saw that last night. It was like one o'clock in the morning. My wife and I were watching it. We're ready to invest. And I was like, oh damn, we're on to something. Okay, because as a sales guy, just really quickly, as a sales guy, I've always worked uphill 
to get to build that authority and build that uh, credibility is the word I'm looking for and build that rapport. Like in, when you're meeting with somebody for an hour in, a, in, in your first sales consultation or, or in a meeting, like 30 minutes of it is just you trying to build credibility. Yeah. Like I've done this and all that. This somebody called me or when I called them, they were already wanting to speak to me. And they're like, let's cut through all the shit. We're ready to go. And my head is blown. I'm like, holy crap. For 26 years, I've never had this. Like somebody's answered the phone and like they're, you know, not that I have people who hang up on me and I never mm-hmm. believe that, but they actually want to talk. And then I was like, well, there's only one answer now. We have to do more. Like, yeah, what, let's take know all you. our money. Literally, it's what I did. I said, all our money, put it into content creation. And at that time, I was myself, my current business partner in one organization, another business partner in another organization I have. I have a real estate company and a, and a real estate, a realtor training company. And I have business partners at both. And they both kind of were like, Ugh, this is kind of risky. And I was like, look, I, want, I think it's worth the try. I have no idea a thousand percent this is going to work, but I've never had this interaction with a client before where they thought I was someone special and they like, you know, because of the content. And boom, I hired videographer, editor, videographer, editor, graphic designer, copywriter. I just went crazy. Boom, got a team of 10 people. And now we make sure that we put out at least 10 to 15 pieces of content a day on all the platforms. Some days we do more on one platform or, or, or less. But the ticket that I found and, the, and that, this, the, the shortcut that I found, and I learned this from somebody else and I'll tell you who it is. And so everybody can do this. Anybody can. You just need to have a strong enough why. My hack was doing long form conversations like this. So it's why, like I innately said, as if you don't mind, give me the recording. Cause if I, when I get this recording, I'm going to snip, snip, snip a bunch of little clips out of it. I'll turn this into a blog. I'll do a bunch of images. I'll also get new topic ideas. Like, damn, Marcus asked me a great question, but I answered it like this. But I also have a different story. Let me do a video wow. one now, right? And so for me, I I learned this whole content model from Gary Vee. I, I I watched him doing it for like his, like I saw him at 700,000 followers. He's upwards of 10, 11 million. But then I was lucky enough to have him on my podcast. I flew to New York. I, I did a podcast for 30 minutes with him and it was good. It was It was all done. And then he just in passing was like, Hey, like, if you want to walk around and chill out here for a bit, like make yourself at home. I was like, sorry, what'd you say, bro? He's like, yeah, just make yourself at home. I was like, shit, I don't think I'm from Rexdale, like this North part of Toronto. Like I'm going to make myself at home. (laughs) For real, for real. I stayed there for eight hours. I stayed there for eight hours, chit-chatting with anybody I could chit-chat with. His team is sick. They're amazing, amazing people. I don't know who's there or who's not there, but they were so giving. And they gave me this, they, they kind of drew out what they, what they do from a long form piece of content. And I was like, game over. I came back to Toronto that next morning. I started hiring people right away. And it's been three years. It's 80, 80% of my revenues in the last three years is all because of my content creation. Not necessarily. And I want to make sure I get this out because I think it's valuable is it doesn't happen because I shoot a video and then somebody DMs me. That's not, that's not how that works or how this works. And some people, maybe they get that. I don't get that. The way that this works is that it, it, it solidifies relationships I already have because they, they, they know that I'm on content. They hear me. They see me. Mm-hmm. And because of that, 
now more people kind of want to get with me in terms of like, hey, like, can I get with your training company? Can I invest? Can I buy a home? Because my my 64 agents, we help people with traditional real estate, buying their first condo and all that. 80% of my revenues is all because of my my content. Awesome, man. Well, very, we're very wrapping up on our time, man. A lot there. I think we can keep talking all day about this. How do we find you, man? Hey, I tend, I tend to go off on tangents and stuff. So hopefully, no, so no, hopefully man. Want some value. All good. Man. No, that's passion. That's passion. Yeah, yeah. So, how, how like Mike a... said, speaking, yeah, speaking of content, how do we get a hold of you? How do we follow you? I, I, I appreciate it, man. Look, I'm not that hard to find. Just Google my name and you decide how you want to consume my content from a video perspective. Go check out the YouTube page, um, Instagram, all that. Like, I'm not that hard to find. I, I'll, I'll let your guys find me. Yeah, we'll put it in perfect perfect. Awesome. We'll have all of that in the the show notes. Thank you so much for being here, Jazz. You definitely provided a lot of value to our listeners. And for one, you know, you guys that are listening, you got to get out there. You have to market yourself and you have to lead with a service perspective. So if you're looking at doing some video content, think of how can I provide service to my followers, to my listeners, and then you'll, you'll definitely be successful. So one of the things that we're going to ask you to do is continue to follow us, the As Real Show podcast. We air every Monday morning at 8 a.m. And then if you want to be with us in person, remember, the second Monday of every month is a monthly meeting, venue 8600, that's 8600 East Anderson Avenue, Goxdale, Arizona. We would love to be with you, love to have you. Doors open promptly at 545. Call Network, be with us. There's over 200 investors all in one place. So if you're new, you're looking for cash buyers, you need to be there. If you're a realtor looking for clients, you need to be there. If you're a investor looking for deals, you need to be there. You just need to be in the place. So thank you again, Jared, man, for being there. Give us your social media handle again. One more time. Give us your IG. ID is a jazz tack R 13 J A S T A K H A R. And the number 13, it's my lucky number. All right, guys, you know what to do. Let's go and blow up Jazzy's timeline. Let's go and follow him, meet him where he is. And remember, remember, always, always enjoy the journey. Thank you for being here once again. Thanks for listening to The Ezria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org and learn more about our community.